the first technique I would teach people is something called the story method. So it's just uh, building a story that would remind you of the word. So I start out usually with just completely random words that don't uh, aren't really attached to anything else. They're just completely random. There's no special meaning behind them. So yep. it would be monkey, iron, rope, kite, house, paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese, and dollar. You will have that down. Everyone listening to this will have it down perfectly in just about two to three minutes. And then, believe it or not, without ever looking at this again, no further review after the interview, next week you're, you're still going to know all of those words forwards and backwards. They'll be locked in your memory. You might not even be able to get rid of them. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 162 of Can I Pick Your Brain? I have the worst memory of anyone I know. And today I'm interviewing the US memory champion who claims he can help anyone, even me, rapidly improve their ability to remember anything. Well, I put him to the challenge and I can't wait for you to take the challenge too. Chester Santos is a US memory champion and has blown audiences away in over 30 countries by demonstrating his incredible memory skills, including memorizing and perfectly recalling 100 plus digit sequences of numbers after looking at it for just five minutes and memorizing and perfectly recalling an entire deck of playing cards in less than 90 seconds. But what's most impressive is that he could teach anyone how to do it. Yes, even you. On this fun interactive episode, Chester revealed how to never forget a person's name ever again, how to ace any exam, how to deliver better presentations and speeches, how to become more likable and memorable, the story method to remembering even the most boring information, and much, much more. So, without further ado, here's the man that will help you remember where you parked your damn car, Chester Santos. Cool. Hey, Chester, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Daniel. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to talking with you today. So I'm actually really, really excited to have you, and at the same time, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, and the reason why I'm nervous is it's not for me. I'm actually nervous for you. And I'll tell you why. Because you're the US memory champion, right? And you claim that you can help anybody improve their memory and, and to be able to memorize names and memorize facts and figures. And, and I have the worst memory. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Like, ask my wife. I don't remember where I put my keys, where I put my shoes. Every day, it's the same story. It's like, honey, where's my sock? Where'd I put my socks? Where'd you put my shoes? Oh, where's my dog? Where did someone took my wallet? Where's my wallet? Where's my key? Every day, same thing, same thing. <laughs> um, and I'm telling you, people ask me. I, I went to th I went to therapy. My therapist is like, so, you know, uh, what, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, when you were younger, what... 
I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't I don't remember anything. I barely remember things. There's like only a few little, you know, bits of memory that I have. Um, so I'd love to see what, what you can do with someone like me, because I, I promise you one thing, everyone listening to this, if Chester can help me memorize something, then I promise you he can mem- he can help anybody memorize something, right? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> warning warning um that's funny how did you before we get into this because i'm gonna we're gonna play a little game which i'm really excited about um because before this interview i asked you um to i wanted to challenge you i wanted to actually get you to um memorize 20 random words i wrote down before this interview i wrote down 20 ro- words they're totally random completely random and what I wanted to do was test you and see if you can memorize them. Um, but then you said that you're going to do one better than that. Instead of you memorizing them, you're going to actually get me to memorize them and remember them. And the audience can join along with it. And so I'm, I'm very excited for that. Um, but before we get into that, I want to know a little bit about your background. Like what got you into this? Were you always, um, did you always have a good memory? What was that like when you were younger? How did you get into the memory uh, game? Yeah, so it was pretty random how, you know, how I ended up where I'm at now and uh, doing what I'm doing nowadays. Just growing up, I happened to get the comment from people a lot. Wow, you have a really good memory. And that, you know, those comments were always just in the back of my mind. And one night I happened to be flipping channels and I caught a segment on ABC's 2020. Uh, It was a really popular evening news show Mm -hmm. in the United States. I don't know if it still is, but back then I, I was watching this in the year 2000, actually caught a segment on that show on the United States Memory Championship. And it really sparked my interest because people had been telling me a lot growing up that I had a really good memory. But when I looked into what the best people in the country were scoring in the events and the competition, memorizing hundreds of names, computer-generated random digits, stacks of playing cards in just Mm -hmm. minutes, I quickly found out that although I did have a good memory, you know, definitely better than average, I was nowhere near that level. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started doing research into ways to improve my memory. How can you magnify your memory from where it's currently at? I experimented with a lot of different techniques that I found in books and from online research, I found what seemed to be working best for me personally. And then I stuck to just training myself in that small subset of techniques until eventually I became really good. And at at, uh, one point, I actually managed to win the United States Memory Championship. And after that, I've now spent the last 11 plus years training other people around the world in the subset of techniques that I feel can most benefit them in their career, personal life, and also in school. This is really the types of techniques uh, that I teach are really useful for kids in school. It's like cheating almost. It's like, can you imagine if I had a really good memory in school, I would have got A's all the time because I realized like the people who, who got A's on the test, they just were really good at memorizing the facts, whereas I had a bad memory, so I just couldn't remember the facts, right? 
Yeah, it, it really is a huge advantage in, in school. I mean, there are a lot of students that you'll get, I would say, especially in university, that seem to understand everything very well in, mm-hmm. in class and in the lectures. They can work out, well, you know, right. let's say it's math. They can work out the problems. They understand how the formulas are working and everything. Mm-hmm. But then they, you know, they get good marks on the weekly assignments, but then they mm-hmm. get into the exam and they don't do that well because they can't remember the formulas, right, you know. Right. Um, that's just one example. But that happens in, in many different subjects. When you can't remember the details for the exam, it can really hurt your grades. Even though you might understand the information, you need to remember. It's also important to remember some key facts, some key details as well. You know what's really interesting, Chester, is that there are some things I do remember and there were certain tests that I did really well on because I remembered the information. I'm going to give you an example. Psychology, I did really well. And I remember even today, we're talking now, now I'm 35. So this was a long time ago uh, that I took the, 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 the psychology test. But I remember there was the case of Jeannie, who was this girl who got locked up in this in this room. And she I think it was like 11 years. Like I, I actually remember so many details about that case study. Um, and the reason why is because I was fascinated by it. Like I was really, really interested in it. Whereas history, I didn't remember anything because I don't care about what happened in 1965 or 1870s. Like I, didn't, I just didn't care about it, right? Yeah. Math, I yeah. didn't care about what the you know square root of 96, like I don't care. So does it, do you have to, the question I'm ha- that, that I want to ask you here is, do you have to care about the subject matter in order to be able to remember it? Or can you remember anything, even something that's boring and you don't care about? Yeah, so the issue when it comes to memory, mm-hmm. um, you've described an, an important issue, is that we really, you know, with little to no effort, right, we remember things that we're interested in, right? Because what happens when you're interested in that area, you pay more attention, right? Mm-hmm, and exactly. paying paying attention focus is absolutely fundamental to memory and learning. So part of the trick is to take things that might at first seem really boring to you, right? But mm-hmm. although they're boring, they would be useful for you to know take that information and try to make it more interesting. So that's part of what I do with some of these techniques is that you're able to take something that would otherwise be really boring and, and, and make it, you know, suddenly much more interesting mm-hmm. to you and, and more interesting to your brain really in particular. So there's certain principles that you can employ to make things stickier to your brain, information stick your to your brain. And, um, and how one, long could you? Yeah. Oh, go on. Sorry, didn't didn't mean to interrupt there. Oh no, I'm. You know, one important principle is going to be turning things into visuals. But there's a lot more from there. I'll go into okay. it in in a little bit more detail yeah, uh, later I, on. I, what were you going to ask me, Daniel? 
Yeah, I want to get into the how-to and I want to do the techniques. But before that, I, I just have – it's so yeah. fascinating for me because because it's such a huge weakness for me. This is one of the things that I'm just not – I'm just – I've never been good at this. And so I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Um, long-term versus short-term. It, you know, if you memorize something, how long typically can you remember it, right? So uh, – I don't know, give any, any example, but, but if someone gives me their phone number, I, I can maybe remember it for five minutes, but that's it, then I'm done. Then it's like, poof, it's gone out of my head, finished. Yeah, yeah, very good question there. Yeah, so there's definitely a difference between, there are three main uh, types of memory in terms of the length of the memory. Mm-hmm. There is working memory, which is the memory that lasts for a few seconds or less, it used to be in psychology. I was actually a psychology major. My undergrad degree was in psychology from, from Berkeley in California. Yeah. Um, the, the classic example that used to be given in, in psychology books, I'm wondering if they've changed the examples nowadays, um, but was working memory, a good example was the memory that lasts long enough for you to write a phone number down when someone gives it to you and then it's just vanished from mm-hmm. your memory after that. That was the mm-hmm. one classic example of working memory. So it's like a few seconds or less. And then short-term memory, which can be minutes, hours, days. Uh, and then long-term memory, the classic example that used to be in psychology books is uh, your own phone number. So your own phone number would be an example of something in your long-term memory. I'm wondering if they've changed that in that, Things are getting so bad now yeah, that there are age. a lot of people. There are a lot of people out there that don't even know their own phone number. Sometimes right. I give talks on the danger of digital dependency yeah. these days, and uh, phone yeah, numbers is one is example written, of that. Everything is 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 saved in a calendar or in in I screenshot something. I'm, when when we go out, me and my wife, we go out on a date. I always uh, take a picture of the car where the parking lot is because otherwise, f- trust me, we've spent literally. I'm not even joking. It's embarrassing to say this, but we've spent hours <laughs> looking for our car because we have no idea. Totally forgot where we put it. It's like, honey, where's the car? I don't know. Didn't you remember? No, I don't. Which level is it on? I don't know. Is it D A? three one two i don't know so now every time we go out my wife always reminds me she's like just take a picture of uh, of the floor number and where exactly the car is the location um so now we've got digital we're, we're less you know we don't need to remember as much as well so that's yeah you know so but there could be an argument there chester someone might be listening to this thinking why do I really care about my memory? I mean, if I could store everything on a phone and have everything digitalized, so why do I really need to learn how to improve my memory? Yeah, definitely. So I hear that, you know, that argument all the time. And, you know, ironically, I, I live in Silicon Valley. That's my, my home base, my business base. I live in San Francisco. And, you know, we have all the tech companies here and everyone, I, I would say San Francisco obviously is one of the most, uh, you know, it's one of the cities in which people are most into technology. I mean, everyone here is really, um, em- has really embraced technology and is always looking for the next app or something to make their, you know, make their life easier, but also 
really, I, I say we're looking for ways to be lazier and lazier and lazier <laughs> to yeah. have things, you know, just everything done for us. So I understand the point of view that, yeah, there are a lot of things that you don't really need to remember, and it is great to have these devices remember them for us, but there is a danger in this digital dependency. There's a danger in completely turning off your brain because you're not nourishing your brain. You're just not learning mm-hmm. anything. An example, one, one example, I talked about phone numbers. Now people, it's so bad people don't even know their own phone number. Another example I think a lot of people can relate to is navigation. So you have... Oh, forget about it. People, <laughs> so you have like Uber and Lyft drivers that may have been driving in San Francisco already for like three or four plus years. Yeah. And if you get into the Uber and something is wrong with the app or forget something is wrong with their phone, you yeah. just have to pull over and wait until the problem resolves itself. They might have to, I've been in Uber where they have to restart their phone, you know, a few Mm -hmm. times and hope that, you know, the network comes back up because they can't even get to like, say the civic center, even though they've been driving for three or four (laughs) years, because what happens is when you are completely dependent on these devices, you completely turn off your brain and you don't Mm -hmm. learn anything at all so that's an example of the danger and digital dependency you're shutting off your brain you're not learning anything but more so really what i focus on in my business are the instances in which it will always benefit you to remember things in business one names and faces so to get more out of networking to build better relationships (laughs) with colleagues terrible uh, potential clients yeah with clients potential clients um you know, presentations, uh, you're going to be a more persuasive mm-hmm. and more effective pr- presenter if you can at least minimize the amount of notes that you use. And if you're going to use slides, it's fine, but at least uh, minimize the slides and minimize the amount of written information That's really uh, on the slides. Yeah. That do you help people who give speeches, people. people who want to get up on stage and give speeches, do you help them to, to memorize their speech? Yes, I have. I've helped people to memorize their their TEDx talks. I've given a mm. TEDx talk uh, myself. People can can look out for that one online. But I, yeah, I've helped people prepare prepare for TEDx talks. I I have a workshop in San Francisco. I've helped a lot of attorneys, trial attorneys. Um, they've yeah. told me, yeah, they've told me that when they give opening and closing arguments, and opening and closing arguments, attorneys have to hit on all of the key facts yeah, of the case things something. like dates yeah. yeah things like the date that this happened this incident happened you know percentages things like that and when they uh pause to look through their notes all of their notes to get those things right as soon as they start to look through their notes they tell me that they lose the jury's attention mm-hmm. and they're much less persuasive than another attorney that can get up there hit on all those key facts from the case mm-hmm maintain eye contact with the jury the whole time. They're more persuasive, uh, more effective in their opening and closing arguments. Mm, I love that. And also, of course, if anybody's read Dale Carnegie's book, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, you know, one of the big things to to, to remember is people's names. People love to hear their names. And the more that you, uh, you know, when you see someone, you remember their name, it says a lot. It says that you, you actually 
uh, found them important. I, I can't tell you how many times I've met someone who I haven't seen for months and I only met them once and they remembered my name. They're like, hey, Daniel Geffen. I was like, wow, you actually remember my name. It's a, it's a really big deal. It's, you know, it's special when you remember people's names. So especially if you remember your own kids' names, which I get mixed up every now and again, <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not. Um, how, so this exercise that we're going to do, and we're going to do it now, because uh, I know yeah. everybody's waiting for it, right? Um, if I give, let's say I, I've written down 20 random random words here. Um, I yeah. haven't looked at it. I've, I, I just literally wrote it down, folded over the piece of paper, haven't looked at it since. Um, this, These words, if you, you're going to teach me and the listeners a technique, um, yeah. how long do you expect us to be able to remember this sequence of words? The first time that we do this technique well so believe it or not what happens is when you use the right technique when you use the right approach automatically the information stays there a lot longer than it would with traditional ways of committing things to memory so how mm. would people normally commit to memory a random list of words they would just read it over and over again uh recite yeah. it to themselves over and over again or just write it out uh, continuously until they think that it's, you know, been drilled into their head. When you do things like that, you're not really making the most efficient use of the brain to encode the information. So we will start out with a really basic technique that will employ three main principles. One, visualization. Okay. So taking whatever it is that you want to remember, whether it's a name points from a presentation, uh, facts and figures, foreign language vocabulary, whatever it is, try to turn the information into something that you can picture in your mind because most people are very good at remembering things that they see. So an example that I like to give in, in my presentations around the world is, you know, you'll see someone, you could have met the person years ago. A lot of times right away when you see their face, you do remember their face. Hmm. You know that yes. you've met them somewhere before, but you can't seem to remember the name. Another right. example, let's say, you know, you attend a party with one of your friends, okay, and you're meeting a lot of new people. Two weeks after it's over, your friend says, hey, Daniel, you remember the uh, attorney that we met at the party? He's also a member of the tennis club. As your friend starts to go through that description of the person from the party, a lot of times you can picture that person from the party. You might even remember what they were wearing when you met them, but you can't remember the name, right? Yes, uh, a last example I'll give related to this. How many times have you been describing to a friend or family member an actor from a TV show uh, or a movie as so you're annoying. going through the description? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as you're going through the description, you yeah. can picture the actor, your friend or family yeah. member can picture them, but sometimes neither one of you can remember the name at that moment, and it's, and it's very frustrating, annoying to both of you. Those three examples all illustrate that when it comes to dealing with people, we tend to be – most people are pretty good at remembering faces – but we're not nearly as good at remembering names, and mm -hmm. it makes sense when you think about it because when you're interacting with people in various ways, you see the name. I mean, you see the face, not the name. Yeah. You see the face, right? The face is actually recorded into your 
visual memory, but you never see the name. The name is something much more abstract to your brain. So one technique for names, we can get into names in more detail after we do the, the, yeah. the exercise with the words. One way I remember even hundreds of people in, in an audience is by turning the name into something you can see. So Mike might be a microphone for, it can be something a little bit more symbolic. So for Alice, sometimes I picture a white rabbit because that reminds me of Alice in Wonderland, but you want to come up with a visual for the name that will help. So that's one really important principle that we're going to keep in mind when we oh, memorize so one second. random so if I've words. Got, if I've got people in front of me, right, one of them's called Mike yep. and one of them's called yep. Alice and one of them's called, I don't know, Maria and then John yep. and then David. How do I know? Okay, so a mic is a microphone, but how do I know yep. which person is the microphone? Yeah, so you're going to attach the image to okay. something unique about the person's look. Oh, so his that's nose one way is very long, it. like a microphone. Yeah, that's one way to do it. Um, and it sounds a little bit weird, uh, okay. I realize, but it's actually very effective. <laughs> right. Yeah, and people can get good at it with you know, just some, a little, really just a little bit of training and practice. So if Alice, mm -hmm. to you, you always want to run with what strikes thing. you personally. So let's uh -huh. say when you're meeting Alice, that to you right away, you notice that she has really beautiful hair. That's just what you personally notice about her. You might imagine then the white rabbit playing in her hair, getting tangled up in her hair. <laughs> so then all you have to do, let's say it's a party and there's 20 people, it just becomes a matter of asking yourself, oh, when I met them, what right. was it about their look? Right. It was unique to you, and then right away the image would come back to you. So that's right. one way to do it. Um, I could just picture myself meeting Alice uh, and then suddenly going, hey, Wonderland. I mean, sorry, uh, Alice. Alice, sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. what the heck are yeah. you talking about? I'm like, no, 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 don't worry about it. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it never happens. Even, right. you know, even at uh, conferences where they have a cocktail hour or something at the end it's it right. hasn't happened i know people always have you worry ever about laughed? that because sometimes it could be pretty funny like the image that you're thinking of let's say i don't know whatever the guy's got a mole on his face and you think of yeah uh, i don't know mole holland drive and you're like oh hello and do you, when you look at the person and you say their name do you, do you ever laugh because of the funny visual that you've... <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> but they won't know what you're laughing about so that's what i what i when i right. train people in this i tell them don't worry about, you know, just let your imagination run run wild. The person's not going to know how you're remembering their name. They're just going to know that you're able to call them by their name. And they really do appreciate that as you taught, you know, you already mentioned how to win friends and influence people. I mentioned that a lot in my presentations as well. People mm -hmm. really, uh, the sweetest sound to a person in any language is the sound of their own name as it was written in in that book and when you can remember people's names and things about them you know they suddenly become much more interested in getting to know you and what you're about better so this really does help to improve relationships and also you know politicians i've been hired by some politicians for private coaching politicians are really clear on how it helps to make you more popular and more likable mm. so when a politician attends a fundraiser, for instance, when they get to that fundraiser beforehand, they would like to know the name of everyone there, their spouse's name. Mm. They want to know things they like. Right. Yeah. 
They want to know things they like so they know what things might benefit them to bring up in conversation. They want to know things those people don't like so they know what maybe what things to avoid in conversation. Uh, they're clear on how it helps to make them more popular, more likable. In their case, it gets them more votes and in that situation, more money for their campaigns. But for most people <coughs> out there, it can help you to get more uh, more business mm -hmm. if you're in, uh, you know, if you're working for, if you're an executive, for instance, or another type of professional, it can help you advance in your career. Uh, I sometimes talk about how your likability factor affects your success. It's not always the most qualified person that gets the job. Sometimes it's the more likable person. It's not always the okay, person that long, did the best job that gets the promotion. Mm -hmm. how it's sometimes it the more likable person. Um, yeah, right. Well, you'll notice with all of the techniques that with just the right technique, once you're using the right approach, you're going to notice an immediate improvement right away and an instant improvement. Uh, of course, the more you practice, though, the better and better you'll get and the more quickly you will be able to encode information into your memory using uh, the technique. So we've talked about the importance of visuals and we, we went into names already. Yep. Another thing to keep in mind is if you can, in addition to the visual, try to involve even more senses. So if you can somehow add taste, touch, smell, what happens is you are then activating more areas of your brain and you're also building more connections hmm. in your mind to the information. So try to do that in addition to the visuals. Okay. Uh, again, the more senses, the more of your brain you're activating. And the third and final thing to keep in mind uh, what, when you're implementing whatever type of memory technique it might be, also try to make what you are seeing and experiencing Try to make it crazy, unusual, extraordinary in some way if you can because there is a psychological aspect to human memory without even trying, right? We tend to remember things that catch us by surprise that are strange, unusual, extraordinary in some way. Mm -hmm. If right now while you're interviewing me, I don't know where you're at exactly, but let's say an elephant crashed into that room that you're in right now. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> and it, yeah, if it, if that yeah. actually happened right now and it right. started spraying water all over you with its trunk, okay. if that happened, you would probably remember that for the rest of your life, Daniel. Yeah, and you would I, always tell that story, right? I doubt I'd forget it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Without you even trying to commit that to memory, it might be stuck in your head forever. You'd always mm. tell the story. You won't, you won't believe this. I was interviewing, this memory guy, and <laughs> out of nowhere, the elephant crashed into him. It was the most oh, unbelievable here he thing, comes. right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there is that aspect to human memory, and realizing that, knowing that, we can harness it, take advantage of it, and apply that to things that would be useful to remember, like names, presentations, important facts and figures, exam material, foreign language vocabulary, and so on. So you want to try to keep those three things, those three main principles in mind when you are okay, so putting I forgot them practice. already. You see how bad my memory is? Can you repeat those <laughs> <That's> three <funny. laughs> Yeah, no problem. It's just visual. Turn, you know, whatever yeah. it is into a picture. Then yeah. if you can get more senses involved more senses. and while you are seeing and experiencing this stuff, try to make it crazy, crazy. unusual, extraordinary. Yeah. Okay, those are the three. Okay. Yeah, so... 
what there there are so many different types of memory techniques depending on what type of information you are tackling but those three main principles will always apply okay let's so do it let's in, just get in there let's just do it okay yeah you ready so yep so in the case of random words the the basic the first technique I would teach people is something called the story method. So it's just uh, building a story that would remind you of the word. So I start out usually with just completely random words that don't uh, aren't really attached to anything else. They're just completely random. There's no special meaning behind them. So yep. it would be monkey, iron, rope, kite, house paper, shoe, worm, envelope, pencil, river, rock, tree, cheese, and dollar. It's a little bit shorter that, than the list that you had in mind. That one's only 15 random words, but still, with 15, when I recite that to audiences, people mm-hmm. often look at me like, you know, yeah. whatever. There's no way I'm yeah. going to remember that, not unless you <laughs> give me a lot of time to... Yeah. to work with it, study it. But really, Daniel, you will have that down. Everyone listening to this will have it down perfectly in just about two to three minutes. And then, believe it or not, without ever looking at this again, no further review after the interview, next week you'll, you're still going to know all of those words forwards and backwards. They'll be locked in your memory. You might not even be able to get rid of them oh, no. for a while. <laughs> how you'll do that is you're going to keep in mind what, what we talked about, those principles. I will describe a little story to you and just do your best to visualize it. Just see it happening in your mind. That's it. This is really easy for people. You know, anyone can follow along with this. So the first word was monkey. So just visualize a monkey. That's it. Just see this monkey, but try to hear it. You know, it's making monkey noises Should I do there the, you go wow that was really good my monkey impression is not great yours is a lot better than mine <laughs> that was really good so you know i'm working on mine because I, I do it a lot in presentations um see it and hear it you know and then the next word was iron so now just try to see this monkey dancing around with maybe a giant iron because we want to make it a little unusual right a little different than you would expect so it's a giant iron like you would iron your clothes with right the iron starts to fall and a rope attaches itself to the iron because that was the next word and and try to feel it right try to get some other senses involved so you feel it maybe it feels sort of rough just use your imagination as best you can um, should, your best. We be, should we be closing our eyes while doing this or is it okay to keep either I mean, way you know for those way, of you driving however, do not close your eyes okay if you're driving just keep them open all right <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah yeah in that situation for sure keep them open or running. it's interesting it's interesting yeah. that some people in the beginning some people are naturally better at visualizing with their eyes open believe it or not and some people mm. are better with their eyes closed but i train people to eventually get good at it with your eyes open because that's right. going to be the most useful and you know yeah you know you don't wanna, you don't business like situations right you'll be sitting in a meeting yeah. closing your eyes all the time no yeah <laughs> so you you can def if you're not right now that great at it trust me that you can really get uh, amazing at doing it but it's just uh you know it's just a skill that you're going to develop with practice so we have the rope you felt yep. the rope you look up the rope now 
And you see that the other end of the rope is attached to a kite. That kite is flying around in the air. Maybe try to reach up and touch it, but it's a little bit out of your reach. That kite, okay? The kite, kite now... The kite now crashes into the side of a house because that was the next word I had get given you. So just see it smash into this house. You notice that the house is completely covered in paper. For some strange reason, it's completely covered in paper. Just see that. Paper was next. Now, out of nowhere, out of thin air, a shoe appears, and it starts to walk all over the paper. Maybe it's messing up that paper as it's walking on it, the shoe. <laughs> okay. The shoe <laughs> smells kind of badly, so you decide hmm. to investigate, look inside. You see a little worm. See this little oh, smelly nice. worm crawling around inside of the shoe. The worm now jumps out of the shoe and into an envelope. Envelope or envelope, maybe it's going to mail itself or something. Hmm. Envelope was next, and a pencil now appears out of nowhere, and it starts to write on that envelope. Maybe it's addressing it. Uh, see that pencil? The pencil now jumps into a river, and there's a huge splash for some <laughs> reason when that little pencil hits the river. And you notice now that the river is crashing up against a giant rock. Picture that, this giant rock. The rock, yeah, the rock flies out of the river, and it crashes into a tree. Really see it smash into the tree. You notice now that that tree is growing cheese. You probably haven't seen a tree like this before. Cheese tree, okay. It's, yeah, it's growing cheese. Growing cheese on and the tree. And out, yeah, out of each piece of cheese shoots a dollar, because the last word I had Whoa. given you was dollar. So that was it. You might already know it believe it or not but i'm gonna run through it very quickly now uh okay. much more quickly and you will just replay through this little story that we've created there so we started with okay. a monkey the monkey was dancing around with what it was an iron, iron. okay right. what attached itself it was a the rope right? right you looked up the and you saw the other end was attached to what a kite kite okay yeah what did the kite crash into it was a, a house, house. What was the house covered in? It was paper. paper. Yeah. What walked on the paper? It was a shoe. shoe. Yeah. What crawled in the shoe? shoe? It was a worm. You got it. Right. What did the worm jump into? It was the worm an envelope. Jumped into an envelope, and there was a pencil that wrote. Yeah, on that's the what wrote on it. The pencil jumped into the river. Right? right. The river was crashing to what? It was a rock. The rock flew into the tree. What was it growing? Cheese. And what and what money. came out of it? A dollar. Right. Oh. So now it should be really okay, easy for okay. you, I think, Daniel, I and for people, lis yeah, people listening can try to see if they can recall this as well. Do your mm -hmm. best. Try to give me all those words back now from memory. Oh, God. You know what? I was supposed to put you on the spot on my show. You put I know, me on I, the I spot. Turned, what is going on? I turned it around on you. <laughs> all right, here we go. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing this with my eyes closed just because I can concentrate better. But, you know, feel free, everybody else, to do it with your eyes open. And if you want to do this with me, uh, let's do this together. Okay, so it starts off with a monkey, and the monkey is um, holding onto a rope. So first, you have no. An one iron. second, the, the iron. Sorry, he's holding onto an iron, and the mm -hmm. and he the iron is being held by a rope. You got and it. And then and then the rope at the other end of the rope is a kite. And then the yeah. kite smashes into a house, and the mm -hmm. house, I, 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 I visualize that the house was made of paper. Got it. Um, That's good. 
and and so the paper all falls and then the shoe is putting shoe prints on the paper nice. and inside the shoe is this worm mm -hmm. and the worm then jumps into a river no that's no, okay no, that's, a, a, that's a common one no no hold on Go one ahead. second no no hold on no no the 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 worm um hold on the worm jumps out of the shoe no mm -hmm. one second yeah it jumps out it of the does, shoe yeah. yes. and it goes um hold on one second not into the river yet or the river the worm jumps out of the shoe and in second envelope ah the envelope the bloody envelope yeah yeah you know what okay. it is Keep going the envelope wasn't so visual for me like i didn't do much uh, with the envelope yeah so that's probably yeah. why it wasn't as as powerful so it jumps in the envelope okay now i've got it the, then the pencil writes on the envelope and mm -hmm. by the way when i thought of the pencil i thought of this massive massive pencil writing on the envelope perfect um, and then then the pencil um it get goes into the river mm-hmm and then the river smashes into a rock. Yeah. And the rock smashes into a tree. Got and it. And the tree has cheese growing on it. And then out of the cheese comes dollar bills. Da -da 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 you got it, envelope. man. That was a great Just job. Under, pre under pressure. That was really good, man. Under, under pressure. Under and I got the worst memory in the world. So you got the like the US champion and I'm like the 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 worst champion. I'm like the, the, the least memory champion. If I, I would win I would win the award of worst memory. Okay. So for those of you listening, if if that doesn't do it for you, and I, I bet you there are people listening going, The bloody envelope, how could you forget the envelope? <laughs> you know? But yeah, um I don't think I'm do ever gonna try forget it? that story now. Do you got it, man. Do you want to try it backwards? I'll give you the option. You can say Are no, you but serious? Okay, I'm okay. Let's try this. <coughs> okay, dollar, uh, cheese, tree, rock, river, worm, shoe. No, no, no. Envelope. Bloody envelope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh, sorry. So pencil, pencil, envelope. Um. Worm, shoe. Uh, paper, house, kite, rope, um, um, uh, um, uh, iron, monkey. Holy crap. Wow. Good job. Nice. Wow, that was good. That was pretty good. Great job, man. Great job, man. Yeah, really, wow. really well done there. That so it's it's the right approach. Makes it easy, a little bit um, easier. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, so that one's called the story method. It is one of the basic techniques that I would teach people. Wait, and even something. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, even something as simple, though, as the story method uh, can be very useful. So, you know, I've given even presentations at Harvard University for the Harvard graduate council, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of Harvard medical students, law students, business students have been through my one and two day memory training programs. What you're going to be doing is building basically mental note cards, right? So mm -hmm. you can't come into the exam a lot of times with actual notes, but you can have notes in your head. So that monkey 
can actually represent something broader. So let me try, since you did so well with that, Daniel, oh, let me no. try one other exercise with you. This one's only about one minute long. It's much, much shorter than that one. Okay. You'll just visualize what I described to you. We're going to do the story method again. Uh, I want you to visualize some giant machines, right? Some giant mm -hmm. machines. Everybody can follow along. These giant machines start to smash up a huge pile of gold and silver. All right. See the machine smashing up some gold and silver. Yep. <laughs> rising up out of the gold and silver, vehicles. Vehicles rise up out of the gold and silver. Shooting out of the windows of the vehicles, medicine. Maybe you can see pill bottles or syringes, whatever you're visualizing for medicine. And exploding out of the medicine oil, I would say probably black petroleum oil is going to be the easiest to visualize oil. And you can smell explodes. that, right? Ooh, it's a strong nice. smell. Nice. That's, that's even better if you can do that. So that was it, actually. That was the whole list. We're going to quickly run through that again. So you have the giant machines. They were smashing up what? It was gold and gold silver. And so just see that. Yeah, what rose up out of the gold and silver? vehicles rose vehicles. up out of it what shot out of the windows of vehicles it was medicine, medicine yeah and what exploded out oil. of that medicine it was oil oil yeah. yep so okay. now try to recite those back to me daniel uh heavy machinery mm -hmm. gold and silver vehicles yeah. medicine oil you got it. So that Bam. was it. So <laughs> nice job. Excellent. So what you did there without realizing it, maybe you just memorized actually the top five exports of the UK. Woohoo! Look at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I'm going to so, be the party pleaser. I'm going to be like, hey, guess what? The five top. Uh, what was it again? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> exports yeah, so the UK. exports of the UK. Boom. So if you were to look that up, so cool. you would find... Yeah, you would find listed, it would say that the UK's top exports, it would list machinery, precious metals, vehicles, pharmaceuticals, and oil. oil. So you start to see there how the image wow. doesn't need to perfectly match the information. Right. You're building mental note cards or mental cue cards. So now, when you yeah, when you meet with clients, potential mm -hmm. clients, or this is a presentation in front of your colleagues, nowadays I would say, especially in this day and age, when the average person can't remember anything at all, everyone's become so dependent on these electronic devices. When you have even five, ten, fifteen key things committed to memory, and you can demonstrate that knowledge. You're so much more impressive. You set yourself apart from other professionals, other entrepreneurs. You're demonstrating that you really know your stuff. People have more confidence in you and your abilities mm -hmm. when you can do this. So a little bit, I would say nowadays, because of this digital dependency, uh, it's actually a benefit to people that develop their memory skills because a little bit goes a long way in terms of develop, developing your memory. Now, it really can set you apart make you more memorable i want to i want to say a side note here by the way for, for the you know all those listening as well it just goes to show you the power of storytelling because i can't remember like random names and facts and figures but i'll remember a story you just did it yourself right if you if you did that 
successfully, you've just shown how powerful storytelling is. And the reason why I'm saying that is because when you give a presentation, when you give a speech, whenever you're talking, in general, you want to try and tell stories because that's what sticks. People remember stories. They don't remember facts and figures. And it's just fascinating. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Um, it's it's brilliant. Really powerful. Yeah, that's true. And that, that was a great uh, side note there, Daniel. Yeah, for sure. So you can definitely keep that in mind when you are giving presentations and when you are uh, talking to people. That's absolutely right. What about numbers? Because numbers is really difficult for me. I, I really like, uh, I'll give you an example. My, my number plate, okay, on my car. Every time I fill up gas, I don't, I don't know if in America this is the case, but in, in Israel, when you fill up gas here, which, by the way, is ridiculously expensive, um, you have to type in your, uh, your license plate number. Yeah. And yeah. I always have to go and check my license plate number and it's so annoying i'm like why can't i just remember it i mean how many times do you think i filled up gas i've had my car now for for like three years right three years can you imagine how many times i've filled up gas and yet every single time i'm at the pump and i put my credit card in there and it says what's your uh you know your license plate now i've got to go and check it even right now if you ask me right now what's my license plate number i don't know ridiculous and it's just numbers. All it is, it's just, uh, you know, I think it's like seven or eight numbers. I, why can't I remember that? Yeah, so I would say it's more common for people to have difficulty with something more abstract, like numbers, number sequences. Uh, although there are some people out there that are better naturally with numbers, whereas they're not going to be as good with, uh, you know, other information types, but they tend mm -hmm. to be good with numbers. But the average person uh, is has difficulty with numbers because they're very abstract, again, to your brain. So the trick is to take number sequences, even, and turn those into visuals. There's mm -hmm. a system, but it takes at least one hour a minimum to learn that system. So oh, well. we won't cover it on this <laughs> This interview, people are going to have to sign up for my memory school, my website to learn that one. It don't, but it only takes about an hour to to initially get started with it, and then you can start to use it from there. So in uh, the memory school training on my website, you'll learn the system, and then right away you'll learn some applications. But again, mm -hmm. it's going to be learning to take something abstract and turn that into imagery once you have images for the numbers then one option would be the story method and there are a lot of other things that you could possibly do from there but yeah i mean something like that you really should uh commit it to memory and it would be super simple once you learn how to turn uh numbers and images another example is passport you know so obviously myself i have all of my Mm -hmm. you know, passport, credit cards, all that stuff. But it's funny to me because I travel a lot for my presentations. It's funny to me when you are having to fill out those landing cards before entering an another country and I see all these people uh, looking through their bags trying to find their passport, but I just quickly write everything down. Um, you can definitely, uh, it's convenient uh to remember a lot of different things give us, and, give and us, okay so 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 obviously for them to to really uh learn the full technique they've got to go sign up to your course uh which we're yeah. going to give we'll give that well, we'll give that now actually as well what, what's how do they how do they get hold of that 
Yeah, so you can just go to ChesterSantos.com or InternationalManOfMemory.com. Both URLs will go to the same website, and okay. there you'll see my memory school. There's a, there's a big banner right at the top, a big tab right at the top for the memory school. And right now, because I've just recently launched it, there's a free trial, so anyone can really Ooh. get started and, and check it out, you know. Brilliant for free. So I recommend people do that. I mentioned passports, but this applies to a lot of things where, you know, you mentioned you keep looking up that information, right? So sometimes when I talk, for instance, to groups of software engineers here in the Silicon Valley, I mentioned, you know, how more efficient you can be on the job, how much time you can actually save if you will just commit this key information to memory, software engineers find themselves with at their cubicle all of these reference books, <laughs> and right. they keep on looking up the same, you know, twenty commands all the time, right? But if they would just commit those key, you know, those twenty key commands to memory, they would be so much more efficient. It would be such a huge uh, time saver. But that that's just another example. There there are so many ways in which. Mm-hmm committing some information to memory can can benefit you uh, quite a lot a teaser as to what's the what give, give us the overview of how to memorize numbers yeah so that system the best way to to learn it is that system but it's going to be there's a lot involved first you have to take numbers right and turn yeah. them into sounds and there okay. there are many different forms of the system but I teach the, the easiest one and the most common form. Okay. So it's going to involve the, the digits 0 through 9 have consonant sounds. What that allows you to do is insert vowel sounds anywhere you want. So you can take number sequences, first turn them into words. Once you have a word for a number sequence, you can then uh, produce in your mind a corresponding image. I'll, I'll give everybody an, an easier version but it's just right now, but it's just yeah. not as effective. And sure. I mean... I won't recommend it, but at least I'll give you something for numbers now that people okay. listening can toy around with. Yeah. There's this thing called number rhyme system, and people may have heard of this at some point in their schooling. It may oh. have been mentioned to them. So it's one bun. So oh. there you, you have a You're, visual using rhyming, I thought right? of bum. Two, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know, you might come up with, with your own, but it's just right. a rhyming thing. So two shoe, three tree, four mm-hmm. door five hive, six bricks, seven heaven, eight plate, nine wine, ten hen, uh, zero might be hero. hero. Uh, you, yeah, you can come up with your own, you know, um, but the whole idea... Like <laughs> what? What is that? There's a song about that. Yes, I think, uh, again, I think people probably have been exposed to this at some yeah. point. This number rhyme system, although, you know, maybe for them six was sticks or something. So you can change those, but that is a simple way to give you an image for a number. But I wouldn't recommend that for like a long number sequence and for Mm -hmm. something like a license plate. I would more recommend the system that allows you to take even a long number sequence and maybe just turn that into one word or Mm -hmm. two words. And then the, the system in... Uh, my memory school training is going to be more powerful, more useful. But at least there, I gave you something to work with, and it, it gives you an idea of you know this this concept, taking something abstract and turn it into even that into a visual. 
I love it. And of course, you know, for those that want to really take this further and seriously, um, you know, get more out of out of your memory, which will help you to um, <clears throat> remember people's names, facts, figures that can help you in your career, in your life. Um, ChesterSantis.com. I highly, highly recommend um, taking the free trial um, and uh, and seeing what it's. And before I want, I want you to give us a little bit of a, sort of like an overview of what they can expect in the course. But before we do that, I want to just go through some of our Facebook questions we've got. Uh, so I actually put up just before I interview a, a question here. Um, I'm about to interview the U.S. Memory Champion. What do you want me to ask him? And these are some of the questions that we got. Uh, some of them are pointless and stupid, but funny. Uh, the first person wrote, I forgot. Okay, we'll forget that. Uh, that's not a question. <laughs> um, uh, how does he remember people's names? We actually covered that, so I'm really glad. Um, what's his first, what's his very first memory in life? That's interesting. Do, do you remember what your first memory was? Yeah, so, you know, that's not necessarily my area or, you know, what I'm known for. It's, uh -huh. I'm more known for semantic memory, which is information like facts, figures, whereas that question really hits on something called autobiographical memory or episodic memory, which is things that have happened to you in your life. I do have early childhood memories. Um but I don't know if it's necessarily related to my other type of memory. But I, I remember, um, I can remember like just being in my crib as a, as a toddler and playing, uh, you know, with my toys and, and things really? like that. Apparently, I, I used to figure out how to get out of the the crib by <laughs> stacking up the stacking up the toys and, and well, I wish crawling I over the that. stack of toys. My my mom told me that I would. Um, oh God, I don't know if I want to share this. This is not good. Should I share this? I would take my diaper uh, after I've done a number two, and um, <laughs> I, I would remove it, and then I would basically draw pictures on the wall with the contents. Of the <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> so maybe That's it's a, a good thing one. I don't. Maybe it's a good thing I don't remember. And God bless my mother for putting up with me. Um, okay, next question. Does the ability to remember everything help or hinder his relationships? Ha ha ha. Okay. Um, what are some anchor techniques he uses to deepen his memory strength? Interesting question. Or are you not into really that? Is that more... What, what do you mean by anchor? I'm not sure what's yeah, meant by that question, to be honest. Okay. Um, let's see. Ask him if he remembers the 21st night of December. Okay, that one's lost on me. Um, can memory development help prevent Alzheimer's? That's interesting. Yeah, so nothing can uh, no, be done to so. prevent right. Alzheimer's. Yeah. I mean, as of today... Um, officially, as of today, there it really is no researcher or doctor that can tell you how to prevent you from getting Alzheimer's or, or, or any other form of dementia. They just don't have that knowledge at this point based on current research. But what they do believe is that by engaging in rigorous brain exercise, by really working out your brain, you can build up People can look this up. They can Google it or otherwise look it up. The terminology that is being used in the research a lot of times is cognitive reserve. Cognitive reserve. 
And what that basically means is building up some extra brain muscle. They do think that it might help you to be more resistant. So if you do mm-hmm. develop some form of dementia down the line, although it couldn't, they, didn't, they weren't able to tell you how to prevent it, they do believe that if you have all of this cognitive reserve, you might gain more years of mental clarity that you wouldn't have had without that extra brain muscle because the disease is going to have to eat away at all of those extra mm brain uh, all those extra brain connections they say one way to do this is by learning foreign languages so if you're learning foreign languages you're building up so many extra connections in your brain you're really really building up your brain muscle and of course and that's learning another foreign thing languages, by the way if you remember if you memorize if you're good at memory that should help you learn languages surely right Yes. So you're going to have a big advantage learning languages for sure if you master these types of memory techniques. And that is something that's covered in my in my online in my online training. Uh, It's not enough to become fluent because one problem, for instance, that I have in learning languages is I can very quickly memorize the words. But one big issue I have is the pronunciation. So, um, you know, uh, I'm dating a, a girl right now. My girlfriend is. Russian, and I will remember the, you know, yeah, there you go. I'll remember all, <laughs> all of I the know. words that she's teaching word. me, but she'll say, for instance, she'll say, no, it's not, uh, it's, uh, and <clears throat> like, it sounds the same to me, you know, and like rolling right. the R's and things like that. So memory training won't be enough to get you fluent, but you will definitely have a big advantage because it will be more easy. Uh, it will be much easier to commit the new words to memory and so that will help you to build up this cognitive reserve the brain muscle you know everybody recommends brain exercise (laughs) nowadays in addition to physical exercise and definitely memory training is a form of brain exercise brilliant and so for those that are going to go over to chestersantis.com and uh, grab that free trial what can they expect in the free trial what are they getting yeah so there are two main courses so there's core training Mm -hmm. That is going to teach you beyond the story method. You're going to learn a bunch of other techniques that will apply to various information types and to improving your memory in general. And then the training starts to get more specific. So we get next into numbers. So you'll learn that number system that I briefly mentioned. You'll get into actually applying it to facts, figures, uh, dates, anything, any passwords, any type of information with numbers. Then we're going to have an entire session on names. We covered one technique during the interview today. You'll learn more visual-based techniques. And then I will actually simulate in the training introducing you to people. So you will see a slideshow of people's pictures. Mm -hmm. So you'll see a picture. This is John, this is Nancy, and so on. Then you're going to learn how to give presentations from memory with uh, without notes, or at least reducing the amount of notes you use, uh, foreign language vocabulary. You'll learn Korean specifically in the training, but you will be clear on how to apply the training to any foreign language and then exam material. If you have kids in school, this is huge. It cuts the study time down. It improves retention. And it's a much more fun and interesting way Hmm. for kids to go about committing things to memory that would be useful for them in school. So that's the core program. Then you also get access to advanced, which uh, is, is advanced, right? You need to first finish the core. Something that's covered is playing cards, right? Playing cards are very abstract. There's the value, there's the suit, there's the color. Um, You're going to learn how to memorize decks of playing cards. You're going to memorize 
uh, all of the presidents of the United States, forwards, backwards, by number. They're a bunch of basically advanced exercises, and you really just further develop your memory skills. And then there's ongoing training every month as well. I upload new videos every month that have you go through different memory exercises, challenges, and I have you complete some memory building tasks as well. So that is an overview of the online training, the memory school. I think the thing that interests me the most is memorizing the cards because then I can just go to Vegas and uh, cash out, you know what I mean? <laughs> not not necessarily, no, but not necessarily. Uh, you're gonna, right. it will be in certain card games it actually is uh, very, very uh, useful for you. Like right. Bridge is one game that's really uh, heavily memory-based. There are some other ones as well. Even poker, I've actually worked with some poker players uh, because just having certain information committed to memory given um, you know different situations that you might be in it helps you to better make those uh, poker decisions but for blackjack for instance it's a common misconception blackjack is actually more math based counting, than yeah counting yeah counts. it's more math based exactly there you go it's it's uh, just keeping track of the count and then making decisions based on that so it's actually more math based than memory based blackjack right. so no vegas but you'll make more money in business um with a better memory and of course better quality of life you'll you'll be the one that people remember um because you'll remember them internationalmanofmemory.com that's where you want to go or chestersantos.com highly highly re recommend that you go there and take the free trial chester this has been absolutely uh, memorable there we go that's the right word this has been very memorable i'm never going to forget that story um and thank you for letting me pick your memorable memorable brain and thank you to all my fellow brain pickers i'm looking forward to the day when i'll be picking your brain you've been listening to the can i pick your brain podcast inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth so to put these ideas into action head over to danielgeffen.com